I just really tire of remembering everybody who told me you can't talk about the World Economic Forum on radio. You have to understand how it sounds. It sounds crazy. You sound like a tinfoil hat wearing nutcase hiding in your basement when you talk about the World Economic Forum. They're just a discussion group. Just rich people getting together with crazy ideas. Well, they do have crazy ideas, but... And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. And he goes on, the list goes on and on and on. Two weeks ago, we played for you one of his advisors who was explaining, we simply don't need most people. Now, he had a gentle way to approach this. And that was to put people on psychotropics in video games, just park them, you know, like with a, like an alternate reality or something where they'd sit in their house and, you know, play video games that mimic life, something like that. Psychotropics like antidepressants or anti-anxieties, things like that. That's his idea. Another World Economic Forum member and a, uh, a professor, I'll tell you what school he's at. He has a different approach. The planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. Hmm. What kind of entity would be smart enough to be a dictator of the whole world, I wonder? Oh, you know, all this sounds like terrible news, except it's not. (laughs) The Lord has given us a pass-fail test, and he's just dropped right there on the table the answers to the test. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And they are the perfect time to be alive as a Jesus-needing Christian, as a disciple, disciple maker. (laughs) The Lord is making our job so easy. It is pass-fail. We'll talk next hour. Um, I'm going to address the podcast to Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. It is sort of a secular version of this show. In that case, I'm going to go through and express what I think these guys simply can't see. They cannot understand what they're causing as we watch them virtually ignore problems in America or it's just too intense, it can't be solved. And then you see Mitch McConnell brag that in 15 minutes, he and Joe Biden came to an agreement to have a clean bill for us to give $40 billion of our pretend borrowed conjured digits to Ukraine so our digits can go to Ukraine. 
to help their economy. It's not just a war effort. 15 minutes. I don't think Mitch understands and Kevin understands what they're brewing because good portion of the left already believes America is unrescuable. When a good portion of the right feels America is unrescuable, they don't get this. But right and left may come together against them. They don't get that. And I know that sounds far-fetched. But we'll talk about that in the coming hour. Um, Alan Soaps is from Alan's Artisan Soaps at alansoaps.com is another of our partners who stepped up to buy a block of tickets for our event coming up. It is, gosh, wow. It's no way. It is eight days from now. Wow. Uh, it's in Bothell, Washington. 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. is the presentation. The topic matter is, will God rescue America? Zach Abraham will be there to talk about it from a financial perspective. Julie Barrett will be there to talk about it from her perspective as a relatively new Christian. And as a woman, a conservative woman who's being attacked by the shiny shoed Republicans in Washington state, they want her head because she had the audacity to call out Republicans. They're literally pretending that Julie's a plant from the left. She'll talk about that, and then I will discuss whether I think God will rescue America. From 8.30 to 9, we're simply going to visit. We're going to hang out and talk with one another as a family. You can get tickets. They're 20 bucks at the ToddHermanShow.com slash events, and Allen's has stepped up to pay for some of these tickets, blocks of tickets. We will be giving those away next week on Friday. I will announce how you can participate in trying to win tickets to this event that we have coming up. The pass-fail test that the Lord is laying out for us is it's right upon us. And it can seem very, very exhausting. And it can seem like, wow, we have to fight this battle. We do, but the Lord is making it easy. I was reading Jeremiah uh, 12, verse five through six. If you've raced with men on foot and they've worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you stumbled in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Your relatives, members of your own family, even they have betrayed you. They've raised a loud cry against you. Do not trust them, though they speak well of you. Does that strike anybody as current day? And what Jeremiah is saying on behalf of the Lord is, look, if you can't run against men, how are you going to run against the spirits that were the, the, the spiritual battle that we're in? I think the Lord is easing our load. I think he is making it easier for us to point out. In fact, I don't even think that we're going to have to be that necessary in some of this. Some people are already figuring this out of their own volition. But the test is right here in front of us. And I want to apply it to every single person who wants to be a Republican office holder or Democrats if they'll come on the show. I want to apply it in private and in person. You'll hear me ask forms of these questions when we have people on like we had Raul Abador on the other day. I really like Raul, by the way. This is a guy named Dennis Meadows. He is with the University of New Hampshire and he is with the World Economic Forum. And you're going to listen to this guy very calmly explain why six billion of us need to die. Now, rest assured, he won't die. He's, he's one of the smart people. He's one of the needed people. 
And as you listen to this, let's recall some things in in history because this is biblical in nature and biblical in scope. How many dictators have said we have too many people? And sometimes it's specific peoples. We have too many Jews, kill them. Too many gay peoples, too many gypsies, kill them. We have too many, we have too many uh, academics, said, said the Khmer Rouge. Murder them. Get the kids to murder them. And we have too many Japanese are living through the war, so the Chinese government can just kill them. And it happens to this day across the globe. In Ethiopia, it's happening. Of course, we're not going to intervene there because, come on, that's not Ukraine. There is a spirit. I just fully believe that there is an evil spirit. That This is this evil spirit's bag. This is what this evil spirit likes to do. Get into guys like Dennis Meadows. And he's speaking here as if this is the calmest, most, most bland statement that he could make. He says it in a relaxed tone. So far, globally, you are so far above the population and the consumption levels, which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another, it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way. I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way. I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy. But it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for, uh, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we can even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. That's Unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, But if you had a smart dictatorship, and a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sense. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven. So we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share, uh, the experience and they don't have a few rich the experience of dying, you know, trying to force everybody else <laughs> to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but I mean, that's. Wow. He says it right there. We hope it can be slow. The test is so easy. Do we stand on the side of an organization that is cheering for 6 billion people to die, but slowly? And incidental to that, to the media, do you honest to goodness think you get to hide the all-cause mortality increases? I mean, I know that you, you think you can hide it from your victims, and you can. But do you understand the bifurcation you're creating? I don't think you do. There are those of us who are saying, yeah, and we're seeing an 80% increase in all-cause mortality in millennials and 40% across the board. 
since the injections came out and we're seeing, hey, look, that's weird. Kids are getting hepatitis without really getting hepatitis. From the same group that pushed this trash and made money in the process. And you don't think we're going to ask questions like, wait a minute, they all want less of us, fewer of us. They would never kill us, right? No, that's madness. It's madness to say that a group of psychopaths would ever ever act on their psychopathic tendencies. Absolute madness. Rich people never do this. The test is right here. The Lord is saying, guys, it's pretty simple. The answer's on the desk. If you stand with the World Economic Forum, you are with the side of evil. You are not with me. Likewise, the teaching of racism. Do we stand with that? Because this this is also involving doctors. The corruption of the medical facility of medical profession is so profound and so utterly frightening. This is from a site called Ask a Doctor. And it's a white woman. And she's explaining all about white privilege and how we need to teach our kids about this. God is the God of all people. He created each one of us. It was good. The only time it was not good was that we were alone. Hence the creation of marriage as between one man and one woman. And the family. And the Lord is not bemused by racial targeting. Nor is he surprised. And he's setting it right out here in front of us. Do you believe in the Ten Commandments? Do you believe love thy neighbor as thyself or not? Let's talk about white privilege. First, what is it? White privilege is the advantages that a white person has in Western culture that non-white people don't simply because of the color of their skin. Here's an example. If you've ever taught a child that when they see a police officer, they should wave and expect a cheerful wave in return, that's probably white privilege because non-white adults have some real founded fears about teaching their children to engage with police officers, no matter what a positive way they wanna do it in. Now, let's talk about why it matters. A generation and two ago, there were strong beliefs about what boys couldn't do and had to do, and what girls couldn't do and had to do. Understanding that bias exists and that it's wrong is the most important first step in changing it. And in the same ways that sexism is slowly changing, racism (laughs) must change too. So we need to teach kids about this. When's the right time for these conversations? Pretty much as soon as a child understands the concept of fair, as in, that's not fair. So as early as age three, we can start to point out to kids things that aren't fair in the world and start to talk at an age-appropriate level about what we're doing to try and make it more fair. Explaining white privilege to kids is a great step in making things more fair. Oh, there's so much. And here's the pass-fail. Does God endorse racism? No. 
And for her to say that this <laughs> sexism is, is going away while that same organization is installing it. Women with penises have special rights over women who don't have penises. Women with penises get to steal trophies and such from women who don't have penises. Not that any woman has a penis, but you get my meaning. And to take a non-existing privilege, and it's so simple to test, is it genetic? Are white people born with a genetic attraction to cops and cops to them? No. Is it organic? No. Do black cops draw on and kill black suspects more often than white cops? Why, golly, yes, they do. Do black suspects engage in physical battles or run away from cops more often than white suspects? By golly, they do. Is it a simple thing? It's not. There is a whole lot of nuance to this and the pain and the fear amongst many, many members of the black community about cops is very real. It is not pretend and it comes from an historical basis for many folks. It's a true thing. And we're fools and we're cold hearted and we're not being Christian if we do not recognize that pain. And we're being liars if we say that the pain has been installed everywhere. And that all white people have this privilege. We're being liars. Thou shalt not lie. So again, the past fails. So very simple. Do we stand on the side of teaching kids racism by saying all white people have this defect because they're white? Which is no better than standing on, well, black people aren't really human. No better at all. Or do we stand on the side that says, love thy neighbor as thyself? Do we stand on the side that says, the the one who serves, the son of man came to serve and not be served. Do we stand on that side? Do we stand on the side that says, the the, the least of these will be the greatest to heaven? Where do we stand on this? It's a pass fail. Philippians 3, 17 through 21 Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just if you, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as the enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things, but who, but our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. And like his glorious countenance. So, pass fail. What side do we stand on? The topic of bodies and bridging that over from doctors, we get into a really rough set of material. And I'm going to warn you in advance that, that this week has been a week where I've seen fit to not bleep some words. Um, coming up in about probably three or four minutes, uh, it's the roughest language I've ever, ever allowed on a podcast. Uh, And it's vitally important that we hear the words because the words are the story. 
And the words speak to another pass-fail test for Republicans and, and politicians of all stripes. Do you stand with the World Economic Forum or not? What are they? Are they a force for good or a force for evil? Is white privilege a real thing? Is it racism? Is white privilege racism pass or fail? Is it godly? Is teaching white privilege as a real thing, is that a godly act? Does it lay in line with how God views all human beings? Is killing 6 billion people, is that is that a godly thing? Just wipe them out because they're, they're just taking up too much space. But when we get to the body, it's so very clear what the party is doing. Part of its profit motive, they foresee and they are building and prepping an environment for a small group of people living on this globe, all of whom turn to pharma and medicine to modify their bodies in any way they see fit. And this can sound bizarre, but I will tell you, I have a dear friend of mine whose son believes he's a dragon. He, and it's not that he's thought it's, by the way, he's in his, well, mid thirties. And this has been a consistent belief for about six years now. And he's seeking surgery to have his eyes modified and his teeth modified and he's finding doctors, so-called doctors who will do that for him. Their vision is crisp and clear. Six billion fewer people and everybody being trans something. I Sometimes I giggle when I think about, you know, I want to do such a good job of explaining our partners uh, and explaining what makes them great. Americanfinancing.net. Sometimes I giggle, though. Do I overthink this? Is it enough for me to say these guys can save you a thousand bucks a month on your mortgage right now? This is happening for a lot of people on a, on a refinance basis, right? Is that enough? You go to AmericanFinancing.net and apply. By the way, they can get these things done for people in as fast as 10 days. How? Well, see, this is where I start to ponder. Do, do we need the further information? But then I remember who you are. And how discerning you are. And then I recall, of course, that American financing was with Rush Limbaugh, God rest Rush, for a decade. And aha, Rush was very careful because he didn't need any partnerships. So, yeah, I think we do need a little bit further explanation. They can get these things done in 10 days at American financing because they stay open nights and weekends. Because they know you need to get things done quickly. They don't charge upfront fees. Why? Because it's unfair. They don't know if they're going to be able to help you or not. Why would they charge you a fee? Why would they hide fees? And a lot of this goes back to the founding. The owners of the company, have it's really weird. They go home together at night. They're married. Still, 20 years ago, they started this company on their credit card. 20 years now later, they're a national mortgage bank with an A-plus of their Better Business Bureau. So I think all these details matter. But there is this that just makes it so very, very simple. They will give you a free mortgage review. No charge, no catch, no pressure. You call them. Call American Financing at 887. Or pardon me. I'm going to say that again. Call them at 866-887-2275. That's 866-887-2275. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net and simply say, hey, Todd Herman said you'd give me a free mortgage review, and they will. AmericanFinancing.net or 866-887-2275. 
American Financing. NMLS 182334, NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Just a reminder that this, it's not this clip, but the next one that is, gets very, very rough. I remember when um, my little girl, we had this really scary thing happen to us when she was, I have to ask my wife, but I don't think she was, I don't think she was yet three. And she had this incredible pain in her side. And we could feel the side of her body was hard. And she had this fever and, and she was throwing up. And we took her to a really good pediatrician and he, um, he checked her out. And then he said this, like, and this is our little girl, our only child. And he said, "Uh Oh, he said, I would like you to take her to the emergency room up the street. And he said, I'm going to be over there in a little while. And I'll check in on you. I'll give him a call to tell him you're coming. And we went over. And we were going to go through an MRI. And in the process of the MRI, I'm watching the precious body of my precious daughter in this machine. And she did such a good job. And some people panic. And it was kind of a ride for her. You know, we made it kind of, ooh, cool. Let's see how long you can hold still. And then they wanted her to get a shot. It was her first injection. And I remember going and offering, oh, no, it was a blood drop. Blood draw, that's it. And I remember offering up my arm first to say, hey, no, watch, watch, watch dad, watch, watch dad. It doesn't hurt me. And that turned out to be a mistake because it hurt her, but it didn't hurt me, but at least she was calm enough. And I watched them stab my little girl's precious little arm. And it was really difficult. That's the body that God gave her. And then when she joined in this generation of kids who just, just hers was an eating disorder. She's talked about this in the radio show. To see my beautiful daughter grow to hate her body overnight because she wasn't, in her eyes, Instagram material. It pained me. Imagine the pain of God the Father. who is watching as teachers, so-called, and what used to be schools, have turned into these machines that teach body hatred. Again, it's pass-fail. The Lord has taken the answers to the test. He's laid them out on the table and said, if you stand with causing kids to hate their own bodies, you stand against me. Because hating the body is hating the temple. It walks right up close to a line that I understand is something that the Apostle Paul has said is not forgivable, which is to hate or to um, um, 
to curse the Holy Spirit. I think it was the Apostle Paul. It walks right up to that line. And this isn't new. See, the, the, the notion that this is new ignores the history of, of the world. The Gnostics hated the human body. They hated the human form. They found it vile and disgusting. And so the Gnostics wanted to make artwork of it. And I'm not here to judge anybody who gets a tattoo. I've got plenty of friends with tattoos. But they did other things to change the body. Or you think of foot binding in China. Or you think of these tribes that would flatten the, the craniums of kids. There were, there were native tribes that did this. There were African tribes that did that or stretched women's necks so that, hey, if you, if you displease your husband, he's going to take those rings off your neck and you're going to die because your, your neck can't support your head. This has been done throughout history. And we look back at as barbarism. They bound the feet of Chinese girls. Yeah, so they couldn't run away. It made them to be, you know, much easier to control, particularly if they were going to be comfort girls or sex slaves. Plus, well, it's very special sexually for men. Was the thing. And we rightly look at that and say, that is utterly barbaric. And it's back. But this time it's doctors and teachers and such. And so it's okay. Because, you know, you have to be your true self. So, again, pass fail from the Lord. This is from a Missouri school district. And, and this appears to be a student journalist doing this report about what's going on in the school. It's called a coming out closet. They didn't want to tell parents about this, but kids can go in and get themselves a chest binder. What is that? That's where a girl smashes her breasts against her body in such a way that can destroy the tissue of the breast, make it difficult to breathe. It can crack ribs. It can create problems with their um, uh, with their back. And it creates inc- intense, hard, awful physical pain. Why? Because that's what the gender jackers want. If you would just get that sad, those sad sacks cut off your body, well, then you wouldn't hurt anymore. So this young woman gives a report, cleansing the language she does about what was going on in the coming out closet. So earlier tonight, the school board approved a grant application from Rockbridge High School's Gay Straight Alliance Club. GSA will apply for $10,000 from the It Gets Better project for a clothing closet to allow students to express themselves at school. The closet's called Coming Out of the Closet in Style. The GSA club had the chance to revise its proposal in the past month and present it to the board tonight. And the board approved it. The new proposal that was approved focuses more on the Rockbridge High School community rather than national trends and attitudes. An appointed opponent of the idea says it was exclusive to only allow LGBTQ plus students access the closet. However, in the application, students reiterated that the closet is for everyone. Of course it is. Because the way to join their side is to hate parts of yourself. It is to declare an identity of a lust or a uh, confusion, or a mental illness, or a form of hatred. So again, to Republicans, you want to be in office, just tell me what side do you stand on? We'll talk to Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy by virtue of the podcast. Of course, they won't come on, but you'll hear that next hour. I have a whole series of things to say to Kevin and Mitch. I want to talk about us. The beautiful, blessed body of your children is a target for these people. 
And if you stand on the side of, of, of adults who want girls to smash their breasts to their body to the point of pain and tissue destruction, then you stand with evil. You stand against God. It's pass or fail, and it's so utterly simple. All right, I went long on that. I will get to this. This I'm warning you, coming up is a very rough set of language. We're so rough, in fact, that a parent at a school board meeting was once again shut down for reading it. If you stand with these books in schools, well, then you stand with evil, period. God is a redeeming God, and he is anxious to forgive. So nothing could be uh, uh, further from the truth to say that dropping unwanted fat from your body is is body hatred. Um, I understand the comparison. Trust me. I was once approached by a company who wanted me to do um, a weight loss ads for kids. And I couldn't do it because most children do not need to lose weight. Those who truly do, they don't need to hear about it on the radio or on a podcast. It needs to be handled so very delicately because children are in that formative age. Not that you can't do that in a healthy way and you can, but to say, oh, it's body hatred. If you want to drop unwanted fat, I would regard it as body love. The people at Soda Weight Loss, they understand this dynamic to a T when, when they first talked to my wife, and like a lot of people, my wife was very touchy about the amount of fat that, that had come onto her body. And there's plenty of reasons for that. And there always is. My wife devoted herself solely to trying to rescue our daughter. And thank God that God stepped in and has done that for us. And is doing that for us. We're so thankful. But that's just stress. And so... She was really touchy about that. And when we first called Soda Weight Loss and she came out of the room, she talked with her nutritionist, Trish. And she said, she gets it. She gets it. And, and it is actually an act of loving yourself to say, you know what? I am not going to have my heart and liver carry around, in my case, 150 pounds of fat that's really not doing anything for you. It's sort of parasitic in a way. Yes, yes, yes. If the food shortage comes, yeah, you're going to last a lot longer than other people unless you have a heart attack. See, soda weight loss puts this into such an easy perspective. It is, hey, let's take the big problem. Let's make it into small, easy problems. Let's make it into things you conquer every single week. Predictable weight loss is the way you keep the fat off your body. Your body doesn't go into shock. It's Soda Weight Loss, which stands for state of the art, and they are because they get that dynamic. They get that the slow and easy is the permanent way to make sure the fat is gone. Predictable also helps you predict your budget, the outcome. It's a judgment-free zone. SodaWeightLoss.com is where I would go if I needed to drop 150 more pounds or 20 more. It's SodaWeightLoss.com. This is a um, th- this is a concerned mother, and and I will I will go to my death. 
so thankful to EIB for giving me the opportunity to ask people to do this on a nationwide basis. And I've heard back from people saying, We're, we did this because we heard it about it on Rush's program from one of the guest hosts. That was me, says my ego. That was me, says my ego. That was God who gave me the opportunity, says the disciple Todd. This is um, Adams 12 Elementary School District. It is truly filthy language. I apologize for the language. And yet, I, how, how, can I not, how can I not have you hear it? Because this is on the bookshelves of kids in this school. And you listen to the cold, metallic voice of the state. As a mother is reading what they allow kids to read, you'll hear the cold, metallic voice of the state to that school board member who speaks back in the microphone. If you didn't jump from your seat and say, that's in our library and go demand that it be taken out, well, then you stand on the side of evil. Kids are not ready to be given the task of undertaking sexual activity. They are not ready to think of themselves as sexual beings because they cannot understand the nuanced position of what God intended sexuality to be and didn't just intend past tense, intends, now tense, present tense, and always tense. Cover your ears. Take the young ones away from the, um, the podcast for just a second. This woman is reading from a vile book called Gender Queer. I come as a parent, very concerned parent, about the materials that are in our school allowed for our children to have access to. These two books that are on the poster are Lawn Boy, and gender queer. I will say that I'm, I do not favor book banning. I want to tell you that off the bat. But I do want to tell you that pornography does not belong in our schools or accessible to our children via online resources that Adams 12 has made possible. I'm going to say a couple things here. So gender queer, let's go here. Alison Bechdel writes in Fun Home about discovering masturbation soon after her first period. It dis I discovered it around the same age, followed by the further realization that my ability to become aroused was governed by a strict law of diminishing returns, an elaborate fantasy based on Plato's Symposium. The more I had to interact with my genitals, the less likely I was to reach a point of satisfaction. The best fantasy was one that did not require any physical touch at all. Hold on. I got a new strap-on harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite dildo perfectly. I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. I'm Sorry. going to give you the blowjob of your life. Sorry. Then I want you inside me. Sorry, you're out of order. This is your first warning. This, this is a book that is, that is accessible in Adam's 12. So Kindly refrain from further reading here, please. Thank you. Let me finish reading this. There is no more vulgarity, but this is what you allow in our schools. And this is what you allow for our kids to have access to. This is pornography and this is grooming for pedophilia. Please give me my time back. If a man gave that book to your daughter and your son or your son, and you found out about it, if it was a next door neighbor, and let's say that you came home. And this, and your kid was looking at this and you read those words and saw those pictures because guys, the pictures are exactly what the words are. 
you would march up the street. You might pray to God to give you the strength to not march up the street, but instead to call the police and say, there is a vicious, disgusting pedophile on my block who's trying to sexualize my kids and gave them this book and I want a restraining order. I would like to think that I've mature enough Christian to do that, but I don't, I don't believe it. I don't. If it was a neighbor and I came home and someone had given that to my little kid, my nine-year-old, I would go beat the garbage out of him. Joe Biden, take him behind the gym. Hey, let's have a push-up contest, fat. I can't do push-ups. I got a <laughs> rotator cuff thing. But somehow this has been cleansed and made to be okay in the schools. <laughs> and it can seem like, wow, the world's falling apart. And I just see the Lord saying, I am putting things in order. <laughs> I, have the, I, I have the evil ones acting in such obvious manner that the, the choice is so easy. It's like Bob Barker forgot to hide one of the doors. You know, it's like the Bob Barker forgot, forgot to hide one of the prices. What say you, Todd? What's the price of the uh, all-in inclusive vacations? Well, Bob, I'm going to take the cash because I don't fly because the airlines did evil. But uh, I'm going to go with eighteen thousand three hundred sixty-six bucks. Boom, 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 boom. You called it right out. How did you get that? Well, Bob, um, you forgot to cover the price tag. It's right here. Pass fail. We're going to talk next hour to Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Guys, um, I know you won't come on the show, but if you were, were here, I'd ask you, where are your attack ads against the teachers unions? Where are you calling out for the, ab, for the destruction of the teachers unions? Where are you calling for congressional, for, for laws saying if you use interstate communication, Intrastate or interstate communication to teach this stuff to kids, you committed a, you, you committed an act of grooming. Where is that? Where are you saying, hey, if you want any federal monies in your school, you're not going to have these non morally neutral books. If, if kids parents want to buy their kids these books, they can groom their own kids. Where are you on this? Oh, uh, well, American people want chicken in a pot and uh, some tax cuts. And, and keep in mind, uh, Herman, you know, you need to understand something. I know you're spot up about kids being sent to hell, but uh, we, 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 we look at things a, a little bit differently. Uh, we, we, we believe that there's something far more, far, 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 far more important uh, in, in the world. We all agree the most important thing going on in the world right now is the war in Ukraine. Thanks, Mitch. So here's how this is all going to roll coming up on um, January. No, wow, my brain's falling apart. Make a joke about Biden. The Lord snaps my brain. This is a good lesson. May 20th is eight days from now. And the way this is going to work is you get your tickets at the ToddHermanShow.com slash events. They're just 20 bucks. So far, it looks like the Lord is leaning us right up to, if not a complete, complete filling of the hall. And it has happened to me six times or so in my career that we put on events like this and people show up on the last day and say, hey, can we get to, can we get in? Six times in my career, I've had to stand there when my friends at the radio station have said, oh my gosh, we've got people coming and we can't get them in. And I'm the guy saying, look, is there anything we can do? 
And nope, nope, fire codes. And nope, we can't. And, and that's what happens. So the tickets are 20 bucks. They're at the com slash events. 6.30, we get started. You're going to hear from two very godly men who are office holders in the separate country of Washington, Jesse Young and Jim Walsh. That's a short, quick little panel because it's not for politicians to politic. This is about the Lord. And my friend Julie is going to take the stage. And Julie comes from a perspective of a woman who started as a political activist relatively late in life. But man, is she effective. She's put together one of the biggest, most effective groups of conservative ladies in the country. It's called Conservative Ladies of Washington. Julie is now under attack by Republicans because she expects them to vote to defend children. Furthermore, her family has faced incredible spiritual attacks. She'll share that with you. Then my friend Zach Abraham will speak briefly about stewardship. I'm going to take the stage. Uh, let's see. We're going 630 to 830. Um, I'm going to take the stage probably 715 or so. I've been known to go long. My topic is completely about will God rescue America, but it is going to complete with stories about when did I realize that Bill Gates had become truly evil? What was it like when I met him the couple times that I did? Did he have any signs of evil then? How did the God men of the tech revolution really start to show their hands in Seattle? What was it like prior to Antifa Black Lives Matter? When did I think that Seattle was lost? And do I think God will rescue America? Then get done with the speech. We visit. We hang out for half an hour. And get your tickets at the ToddHermanShow.com slash events. Back to the past fail test that the Lord has availed us of. And to Janet Yellen. So Janet Yellen, she's the Treasury Secretary. So it is her group that has joined with the Satanic Temple. If you find yourself consistently on the side of the Satanic Temple, you are on the side of the Satanic Temple if you're consistently on their side. Uh, We just talked about the perverse pornographic sex ed that's been shoved down the throats of parents with money from the CDC the World Health Organization, the Chinese Communist Party, Pharma. We just talked about that. What's the result of too much sex too early? Well, sometimes it's pregnancies. Janet Yellen stands with the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple loved the sex ed bill in Washington State. They celebrated it on the steps of our Capitol with oil and actual blood in a ceremony. They said, our bill has passed. The Satanic Temple, one of them is saying, hey, you know what? If Roe versus Wade is struck down, we're going to go ask for a religious waiver because abortions are part of our sacrament. Yes, in fact, the Satanic religion is the inverse and opposite of the Christian faith, but they will tell you it's all about empathy and freedom and freedom from tyranny because you know Satan, he's a big fan of freedom until you die. In which case, well, you know. So they're saying we want a religious waiver if Roe versus Wade is struck down. The woman who runs the Treasury, which is a group that has illegally used your money, <laughs> conjured digits to illegally bail out big banks and big business. Because BlackRock told them to, $3.6 billion, like your money, 
this illegal group. She's not busy enough with that. She's not busy enough having a weather czar who works directly for her. She has to opine on abortion. Janet Yellen does. And she says it's an economic issue. If the draft of the court's majority holding in Roe versus Way is the actual decision, what impact will the loss of abortion access mean economically for women? Well, I believe that eliminating the right of women to make decisions about when and whether to have children would have very damaging effects um, on the economy and would set women back decades. Roe v. Wade and access to reproductive health care, including abortion, helped lead to increased labor force participation. It enabled uh, many women to finish school that increased their earning potential. It allowed women to plan and balance their families and careers. And research also shows that it had a favorable impact on the well-being and earnings um, of, of children. The well-being? Well, look, masks are uncomfortable and no one likes to wear them, but we're really only asking you to wear a mask uh, for two and a half years uh, on your face uh, to, to stop the, to, to, to lower the spread. And the people said, we love our masks. We'll sing songs about the Fouch. Well, what we're asking you to do um, is is to uh, use a condom. Yeah, what? You're taking away my reproductive rights? Oh, you should be dead. We're in juxtaposition. Ain't it? Ain't it? Tim Scott was there, Senator Tim Scott, and Janet <laughs> White explained to him. She reached into her, uh, what's an expensive purse? Is Louis Vuitton a thing? Is that a thing still? Okay. She reached into her Louis Vuitton, not purse, right? Handbag? Yeah. Her Louis Vuitton handbag. And she took out her, uh, what's another expensive thing? Did they have leather? Did they, did they have wallets? I don't want to double it up. Any case, she this big designer made her this wallet, and she uh, she opened up this wallet out of her Louis Vuitton bag, and it's encrusted in diamonds and 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 the skin of aborted babies. Very expensive skin, by the way. And she reached in and she pulled out her white chick privilege card. These are of teenage women, um, particularly low income and often black, who um, aren't in a position to be able to care for children, have um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education <laughs> to later participate in the workforce. So there, there is a spillover into labor force participation. Yeah. But yeah. And uh, it means that children will grow up in poverty yeah. and do, do worse themselves. Thank and you. Let me, let me is, just say my time on the topic. This is I, the truth. I'll just simply say that as a guy raised by a black woman in abject poverty, <laughs> I'm thankful to be here as United States Senator. How do you approach this? Do you remember in the worst days of racism when black men were cartoonized as insatiably lusty 
that they just, they, man, they, they could not control themselves. They just, they just had to have sex with every, every woman they saw, particularly your wife or your daughter, if they were white. Remember that? <laughs> this goes just right back to white privilege and fewer people and unbridled sexual activity. It ties it all together. What the party is saying is we can't have the blacks. The blacks can't control themselves. They're going to breed like rabbits. You ever remember Harlem? Black people breeding in the streets. Well, except no. Except that's not true. And that image of them as the smart dictators, it's, it's the thread. All of us are just so utterly stupid that we can't understand. Abortion is a good because fewer people. Unbridled sexual activity that leads to more births is good. Because more abortions. Kids being chemically and surgically mutilated is a good. They can't have children then. Teaching about white privilege is good because then white people will have fewer children. Asking doctors to become people who who push racism. And mRNA injections that can't possibly help kids is good because what if that just ends in just a few people unable to have kids? I mean, they would never do that. I want to be clear. They would never, ever ever, ever consider hiding any so-called medication, anything that would cause us to have fewer children. There's simply no reason to believe that. The planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. Well, maybe there's a little reason to believe it. So the emails, man, I'm way behind on putting these into the show. I apologize. And once again, I got myself behind. I was catching up and responding personally. I will recommit to that. I'm going to have a long drive coming up. And you know what? Yeah, I, that's how I'll do it. Uh, no, I know I'll do it. I get it. I got I, I'm going to get this done. Todd, I just listened to episode 113, hour one. I remember hearing the song Brick by Ben Folds 5, or Ben um, on the radio at the time when it first came out. Ben Folds 5. Remember that song? Brick. She's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. Never paid much attention to the lyrics or meaning. When I listened to it on your podcast with the knowledge of what he's singing about, it instantly became a much more powerful and saddening song. Nothing makes me more sad and angry to my core than the topic of abortion. It seems a perfect song for this moment, this time in America. Thank you for sharing. Christian, thank you. And, and, and by the way, um, thank you for listening to the podcast. That song by Ben Folds. 
is, and he's confirmed, it's a song about a high school girlfriend he had who had an abortion. I found the BuzzFeed article about that. A woman responded to that really heartbreaking song and said, my abortion wasn't like Ben Fold said. Sometimes it's just a thing that happens. All right. If you have, in fact, successfully compartmentalized the fact that you killed a baby, because I know plenty of women who've had abortions. I know a few who are relatively unbothered, but not completely. Most of my friends who've had abortions and now talk about it are very bothered. And a few of them now have taken this to confession at church. And thank God, thank the Lord that we have churches that will now hear that and respond in a Christ of the way. This is from Mike. Uh, Todd, you know, you talk about becoming a minister. Well, ta-da, you are. Your show with your faith and beliefs in full effect are ministering. You reach an effect on more people and situations than you would ever use as a church's minister. I can understand wanting more knowledge and possible seminary, but your knowledge level now is more than the apostles ever had. So drive on with what you're doing. You don't need a certificate of completion to minister and touch lives. You don't need anyone's authority. Just do what you do. One regret I have in my walk in Desert Storm was um, I was in a Bible study group that had grown tremendously prior to the launch of the battle. A few of the attendees asked me to lead them into being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I declined feeling like I didn't have the authority. Years later, I, I realized I really missed an opportunity to do, to do God's work. You're doing God's work now. Keep up the good work. See the fruit of your efforts and see the fruit, see what the fruit of your efforts are bearing. Your friend in Christ, Mike. Mike, thank you for listening to the podcast and, and thank you for, for serving and uh, welcome home. Yeah, it's not necessarily the seminary. It's the study. And here's what I've arrived at for myself. I have a lot of spiritual maturing to do before I could really be an actual pastor to actually have the authority of pastorhood. Now, what I do on a consistent basis here, I consider to be sharing testimony and witnessing and my view of the Bible and of God's work. And sometimes I do believe the Lord takes my mouth over. And in those days, funny thing happens. Some of our best listened to highest shared biggest download shows are days where I didn't plan a stinking thing. God spoke to me on the way into the studio and said, say this, and lo and behold, these are days where the podcast magic happens and I'm simply an empty vessel. What I need in order to pursue this further is to be more comfortable becoming a completely empty vessel. And no need to add color to the Bible. No need to add my particular creative thoughts about it, but just be able to preach the word of God in that way. Some people are called to do that. Others are called to this approach we're taking. And I appreciate you appreciating the approach. For me, the spiritual maturity I will arrive at, I can't say when that will be. I don't know if that will be. What I do believe is that God will say, all right, now, now you can have the full authority. And by the way, responsibility of that title, pastor, if that ever happens. We so appreciate you sharing the show. It's the only way the show will survive if it grows. I mean, we have a very loyal base of listeners and we're so thankful, but shows that don't grow die. So please do share the program with your friends. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And if you have been discipled and you know it, how many disciples can you make in the next year in the name of God?